Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Dave Hundredy and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 79 of the No Encore Music Podcast. It's the last chance to dance before the live show and I'm joined by my boys, Craig Fitzpatrick. What's up? How are you? I'm not fresh out of Dicey's this week, so... Stop <laughs> name dropping <laughs> Dublin establishments that don't sponsor the podcast, please. Please sponsor us. Uh, Cullum, Hi, or Regan. Craig's actually just getting personally sponsored by Dicey's. Yes, I am. So <laughs> it seems. I'm a VIP. And after a year-long saga, guys, Claire Beck is in the studio. Finally! <laughs> Claire Beck of um, like TXFM, the last days of TXFM. Mm-hmm. I tuned in on that last ever broadcast, Claire. You held it together. Uh, yeah, I didn't really held it together, though, did it was I? Very sad. Cried a lot, but yeah. Well, we tend to finish our episodes with a bit of a cry, so you know, <laughs> okay, it, it, it's good. It's good to have you. I was wondering why the floor was all wet, but I guess it's terrible. That's what I'm going to tears. The new yeah. carpet. Okay. Um, Sweet. You've been traveling the world. I have. Yeah, wandering around the place. Um, Came back for uh, two weeks in May and I'm still here because people keep asking me to do really deadly gigs and I keep saying, oh yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> it's nice to be wanted, I imagine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's fun. Speaking of really deadly gigs though. Oh, Slick well. Dave. Thank you, sir. This is the last time I get to plug it. Mm-hmm. No Encore Live 2 hits Whelan's on the 28th of September. That's Thursday. The Thursday after this podcast comes out, 12 euro on Ticketmaster. We will have Dohi, Elaine May and Overhead the Albatross all playing 
sets with us while we also do our bantering and all that kind of stuff. All that the we banter. Do. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like it's 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 selling. I mean, there's going to yeah. be people there. Like like it's not going to be an empty room. I know that much. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> your worst fear, right? <laughs> your worst fears won't be realised. Uh, my worst fear, I think, actually, will be like a stadium full of people. Okay, because I, I think, think that's Snow and Car Live Tree. It is, yeah. Be, yeah. Be, we're going to like build up slowly. Yeah, no, we're going to open up for Boca Juniors River Plate down <laughs> in South America because you know famously passive crowd that love music. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is the kind of great uh, you know off the cuff stuff you're going to get banter because you can't edit me. It's a live. You can't mic. be edited. Yeah, I won't be edited. There will be no encore. Oh, there will uh, be no silence. Come yeah. to the show. It's going to be awesome as part of the Dublin Podcast Festival, which is underway. But yeah, let's let's kick on, shall we? Let's let's get into serious serious news business, shall we? Because um, Avril Lavigne, quite the feather in her cap. She's the first ever female musician to rank first on a particularly interesting and prestigious list. The list of the most dangerous celebrities to look up online. Yep. Now. I mean, I have a theory here that obviously okay. stems from our usual Avril Lavigne theory, and this is because they're trying to throw people off the scent of is finding out that, that she's, she's Melissa. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Are yeah. we going to talk about Melissa? Do we have to talk about Melissa? Apparently so, but okay. be careful with that we Google listener. We were already listener. talking about Melissa, Craig. Okay, so let's let's set the scene. Cybersecurity firm McAfee has said that basically, yes, if you type in Avril Lavigne, particularly with like free MP3 afterwards, Sorry. you might just get a virus. Sorry, McAfee... Yeah. I was just about to say, not McAfee. Is it McAfee? Yeah. I don't know. I John McAfee, the fellow who buried been... himself in a beach in Belize when he was running from the law. What? what? Why yeah. don't I know this? Is this like common also, knowledge? Also, sorry, yeah, well, I was going to say, like, you know, Ma- uh, McAfee sounds like a renegade cop. All right. <laughs> or very yeah. delicious biscuit. Yeah. yeah. Hand Jesus. in your badge, McAfee. Hand in your badge. I don't know, really? <laughs> it's not like it's McDonald's or something. Am I supposed to know this? I didn't a know the... cyber security firm. I didn't know that he buried himself in a beach. Yeah, he he he's a bit tapped like um there was some controversy yeah he was like suspected of like some very very terrible crimes and like went on the run and he was somewhere in South America I think it was Belize Jesus. Norton Antivirus has released its annual <laughs> report on the most um, yeah so basically if you type in Avril Lavigne free amateur or something it's the most likely result to like send you probably to a Russian website that will then feck up your computer um, but give us your th- theory Colm well so basically I mean we've discussed this before that Avril Lavigne is dead and was replaced by a lookalike named Melissa. Yes. And I think, yeah, that they're just putting load of kind of virus-filled sites and results out there so nobody will get to the truth. Their computer will be infected before they can really find out what's going on with Avril Lavigne. Sounds entirely plausible. It does. I think he's probably right. Sounds like a brand strategy meeting that, uh, you know, has some <laughs> nefarious turns. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, I mean, like, would you be happy with this? Like, there are other names on the list. Like, it's not just her. I mean, like, you know, Carly Rae Jepsen is one of them. Zayn Malik, Celine yeah. Dion. Amy Schumer, Emma Watson. A lot of Canadians on the list. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Interesting. Mm. I think it was, yeah, Amy Schumer was number one last year, I think, and the reason in a lot of articles given was that so many people hate Amy Schumer that they're, like, creating viruses to, you know, attack her fans, essentially. Do people hate right. Amy Schumer? I be- well, doesn't she kind of allegedly steal jokes and stuff? Wasn't yeah. her whole thing oh, about she was kind that. of a lot of her joke premises were in like you know nineties TV shows and stuff okay. that she would have seen with people uh. she would have known. I think well, there was a lot it's of that interesting going on. that she would pilfer from nineties TV shows because I guess you know the current generation doesn't really have the attention span to go back that far. As a matter of fact, in today's digital world, we want the latest hit albums, videos, <laughs> movies, and more immediately available on our devices. They're the words of Gary Davis, McAfee's chief consumer security evangelist. 
list. Is that an official title? I, that can't be his official title, is it? Uh, it must be, yeah. Well, I saw Instagram happiness coordinator or, or strategist recently. That That's a thing. A happiness strategist. A happiness strategist for Instagram. I don't know what that means. Use Does this he or emoji. she seem happy? I didn't seem happy when I discovered that this was apparently a I'd pain imagine so. But uh, he goes on to say, consumers often prioritize the convenience over security by engaging in risky behavior, like clicking on suspicious links that promise the latest content from celebrities. <laughs> it's imperative that they slow down. <laughs> slow down, people. Consider the risks associated with searching for downloadable content. Thinking before clicking goes a long way to stay safe online. This guy doesn't true. sound like a real person. This guy no, sounds, he's he, sounds like, he sounds like a bot. I think he might not be real. I think we should stop talking about this. It's getting like, like I feel like, you know, my laptop is probably burning in a corner at home as I speak. <laughs> Bubbling underneath two liters of sparkling water. You leave that alone, okay? Yeah, I once destroyed a MacBook by pouring a pint of sparkling lemon on it by yeah. accident. Oh. I, d- I destroyed a MacBook by pouring a pint of basically it was like assorted ends of different drinks and had been also used as an ashtray oh. at some sort of party and it was sitting on a shelf and I didn't realise and I was just like the next day like Ugh, trying to I don't know probably look up something on Netflix or maybe download illegal Avril Lavigne tunes who yep, knows um, but the sh- it knocked off the shelf like into yeah. Oh, it's devastating. It is That's devastating. how my laptop became a desktop. It worked, but you had to have it plugged in at all <laughs> oh, times. Oh, wow, okay. Yes, yeah, so it fried the battery, but everything else dried out. Well, that's something. I mean, it's something, but it was... Yeah, it does sound like a, a kind of strange art installation that, say, maybe David Lynch would come up with. Boom. Segway, hey. segway. <laughs> Craig Fitzpatrick. Yeah, so David Lynch has been talking about Twin Peaks, but more specifically about the music featured on the latest series of Twin Peaks, which is just kind of wrapped up, or season, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, but more specifically, he's been talking about, like, right, David Bowie, who, of course, played the character Philip Jeffries way back. Um, we're trying to dance around spoilers here, particularly for Claire and other people that might not have seen She's covering it. her ears as we... I've s- got my fingers on my ears, so <laughs> just chat amongst yourselves and let yeah, me Yeah, so, I mean, I guess we should say it is written out in the notes, Claire, so don't look at anything <laughs> or listen to anything. Um... He was talking about the kind of strange form that David Bowie took. Yeah, it was actually a podcast episode title recently. It was, it was. Nonetheless, I appear to have gotten it wrong. <laughs> actually, Lynch appears to have gotten it wrong, because he reckons he constructed it in such a way that the audience has interpreted not what he meant by it, essentially. But more importantly, Craig, something that we can talk about without spoilers is, did Bowie know that his character was going to appear in that capacity? He did not, no. Um, so essentially, yeah, Claire, you're good to come back okay. in. <laughs> so essentially, obviously, the timing was just, you know, um, Bowie was quite ill, um, couldn't appear in it. Essentially, Lynch then eventually got permission to use old footage, um, but David Bowie didn't want his voice being used in it. And Lynch is saying that he thinks that the fact people made fun of his David Louisiana Bowie's brilliant Louisiana down accent in the in bayou. Uh, can you do an impression of that? Like, I mean, it's in Fire Walk with me. Uh, what was the hell, goddamn baby? No, or something like that. Some you see who's in the room there, Cole? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this? It's pretty bad. Um, I liked it though. Yeah, and David uh, David Lynch says, um, "I think it's so beautiful." Um, <laughs> but he says he wanted to have it done by a legitimate actor, which is what they did. Um, he's then asked, what did Bowie and his music mean to you? And he says he was unique, like Elvis was unique. That's fair. That? It I is fair. very yeah. fair, yeah. I mean, I prefer Bowie to Elvis, but yeah, I get it. He was just quite, quite a singular character. Um, there's something about him that's so different uh, from everybody else. I only met him during the time I worked with him and just a couple of other times, but he was such a good guy, so easy to talk to and regular. I just wish he was still around and that I could work with him again, as we all do. Yeah, and mm. as a matter of fact, um, the Hannibal TV show which I absolutely love and adore Sure, Brian um, Fuller wanted him on that show as Hannibal's uncle 
But again, it was like, we can't get him. We're trying to talk to him. We don't quite know why he won't do it. And that was obviously the reason. Yeah. And he would have been fucking great. I, re- I rewatched uh, Christopher Nolan's The Prestige recently. And uh, if you want a bad Bowie accent, you can get him doing Nikola Tesla in that. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> Nikola amazing. Nikola Tesla, it's not the greatest I, accent he's ever it's, done. It's kind of touching that, like, Bowie didn't want his voice from that kind of used, because he was just, like... He's such a perfectionist, even on his deathbed. But he was, like, cringing at, like, oh, maybe I did a bad job on that. It's just, you don't think of David Bowie ever regretting something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that, like, criticism would sort of mm. just slide off his back, really. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, we've all worked for a magazine in the past. Claire, did you ever write for a magazine? You were, you were for the Daily Star, isn't that correct? You no, know? it's not. But let's oh. spread that rumour. <laughs> that never happened, but let's just put that as a rumour out there. Somewhere. I did. I had a column, I had a weekly column in the Sun in the oh, something right. for who? It was at the pull out, the something for the weekend pull out on a Friday, and I used to do a gig guide for them. Okay. Uh, well, we're all print, former print journalists, I guess, is uh, yeah. print heroes, you could say. Print heroes, sure. Uh, there are let's some publications that. that have not published our names, but someday possibly. And what that, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, would you want to write for Rolling Stone magazine, Craig? Um, sure, if they're paying. Would you like to own Rolling Stone magazine, Craig? Because I can now, can I? <laughs> Apparently so. My yeah. bank account says no. <laughs> Tortured intro of the day complete. Uh, Rolling Stone is up for sale as its publisher announces that it's seeking a buyer for its controlling for a controlling stake in the publication. Um, yeah, so yes, like it's fiftieth anniversary of the magazine. Yeah, this year nineteen sixty seven, it was founded. And, uh, yeah, it's been within this family, I think, the whole time. But now um, Jan Wenner says, um, you know, she loves the job, enjoys it, enjoyed it for a long time, but it's just a smart thing to do. Yeah, I mean, he's getting on a bit. Uh, his, oh, by the way. Yeah. All right, sorry. <laughs> it's bloke. See, the way I didn't call attention to that. McAfee. <laughs> You've done it again, McAfee. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure that, you know, that gender representation is fair and balanced on this program. I mean, yeah, it's probably a good time to try and sell up, right? Because it's still the brand Rolling Stone still has a bit of cachet, but I feel like even five years from now it might not. You know, it's pronounced cash. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it's, it's pronounced in sure. France. We say yeah. cachet, yeah. <laughs> touche, or is it touche? Yeah. Finish the story, please. <laughs> so John said, "I love my job. I enjoy it. I've enjoyed it for a long time. But it's just the smart thing to do, and I think he's right." Just make as much money as you can now while it still means something. Do you mean before he dies? He's a bit. I meant yeah. more in terms of the changing landscape of the print industry. Um, but yes, also he is now in his 70s, so get a move on. They've sold off Us <laughs> Weekly and Men's Journal to American Media. So I guess... Does be- anyone here read Rolling Stone? No. no. Has anyone ever read Rolling yeah, Stone? Yeah, I like, bought it years ago. Yeah, I used to pick it up. There was some good stuff in it. But I've literally only ever picked it up like in airports or something like that. And it's usually just like Matt Lauer or someone being interviewed and he's like talking about futurism or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's not. I mean, right. they're also saying like there's a level of ambition that we can't achieve alone, which basically, I mean, like if I'm reading between the lines correctly here, suggests that like they're trying to diversify I suppose yeah. and to move into you know new media yeah I did, I, just I, holding their hands up and saying look I'm a magazine guy I don't know how this actually works yeah. I did read an interview that the Edge did with them there and again it was Edge further backtracking about the new album mm. and trying to justify the changes that they've made that clearly don't matter oh, and, and dropping in the old you know Bono had a near death experience but I'm mortality. not allowed to talk about it yeah but they promised that the e- extensive email interview that they did with Bono will solve all those questions very <laughs> soon I didn't check back in for that no. so yeah it's fine <laughs> My uh, my McAfee security wouldn't let me re- see Bono's emails. I'm not going to say any names or anything, but I just can, I have a really can, good we, Bono story. Can we beat them out? We, we'll actually yeah, beat them. Yeah, out. you can tell them, and we can beat them out. Okay, no, I just I actually we will beat them out. Okay, no, it's fine. <laughs> so basically, um. 
this person was working for it was some sort of like the pure company or the record label I'm not even deliberately keeping it vague it's just the, the story had such an impact on me that I forgot their role anyway right. um, we were having this big conversation about um, awkward like saying the wrong thing or saying something really awkward and basically this woman for whatever reason was at the event for some album lunch and had to go and meet you two for the first time and when she went up to go to Bono introduced herself and said to him nice to put a face to the name (laughs) 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 I'm a mid-shake and he's just looking at her going I'm literally one of the most famous people on the planet and she just kind of went okay then like finished shaking hands and just did like that Homer back into her head like go away that just means it's all about the music I don't need to see the band I don't want to read or see any interviews just those records he's transcended (laughs) the human form that's very impressive like add that to his list of accomplishments that's fantastic Mm -hmm. I I did want to bleep out a name though we, we, we haven't had a bleep like in quite some time. I know. I think probably since I was marking the clothes of. <laughs> hey, there you go, Dave. Hey. <laughs> uh, what about when <laughs> rang up RT to complain about a bad review that he got <laughs> for his band? <laughs> We're just abusing the beep system. <laughs> oh God! I hope that they get bleeped. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, let's move on, shall we, to something very serious altogether. Insane clown posse fans have marched in Washington D.C. last weekend in protest against the FBI's designation as a criminal gang, showing us that not all clowns are scary, and outnumbering a nearby pro Donald Trump rally in the process. The Juggalos, the fond name given to fans by the shock rap group, uh, were labelled, and I quote, a loosely organised hybrid gang by the Federal Bureau of Investigation (laughs) in its 2011 National Gang Threat Assessment. That must be a fun weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. The report argued that many Juggalo subsets exhibit gang-like behaviour and engage in criminal activity and violence. This designation, Juggalos argue, has made it harder for many to find work housing and access to other social services I mean that's what's yeah that's holding them back people yeah. going through the FBI files on yeah. them not the fucking clown face paint <laughs> and the fact that you listen to the insane clown boss we'd like to hire you sir but uh, hang on in, in my standard perusal of the FBI's 10 most wanted list it would appear that you're number 7 sorry <laughs> you can't work here in you know but it does Hoosiers, seem, yeah, it? it does seem like there's increasingly a divide in the juggalo community between, like, you know, the more um, rambunctious sorts and those that just want to be seen as, like, a peaceful kind there's of... a little juggalo civil war. Yeah, I think so. Um, apparently, the juggalos' march on Washington was largely a peaceful and successful one. Um, and, yeah, like, I've, I've, I actually went on Hatchetpedia, which is, like, the juggalos' <laughs> Wikipedia thing. Yeah. Oh Hatchetpedia. God. That doesn't really say much for them, does it? Hatchetpedia. No. Uh, but apparently they're, like, into charity and stuff, and well, there's been, like... I don't think they're very dangerous as a gang, to be honest, because um, last time we checked was 2017, so it's taken them six years to organise this yeah. protest <laughs> against being uh, called a gang in 2011 they, by the FBI, yeah. so... They, 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 there was a... They chose their their setting like in Washington uh, due to it being the meeting place in an iconic scene from Forrest Gump yeah but that's a a big part a hateful film (laughs) with a toxic message (laughs) a bit like it is insane campus do you not agree do you know the the message of that film what is the message again conform or get AIDS that's what it is is it I can't even remember his girlfriend is like a fucking protester and he's like a good old boy and he gets to like, you know, play table tennis with yeah. JFK or whatever right. it is and she fucking gets a horrific disease and dies. It's a disgusting film. Everything's yeah. oh, it's lovely. It's, it's not, not very good nasty, anyway, as I remember. It's nasty propaganda. And I'm not sure that's I, all I, like, I take away from it. I like Tom Hanks, but no. No, Tom Hanks, no. No. Uh, yeah, I so th- this March of the Jugglers also included a free pizza and soft drinks. Yep. 
That's there quite some, sweet. They're uh, not so bad. They're enforced with some humorous signs, including Clown Lives Matter, mm-hmm. which is kind of problematic. No, uh, it's, it's okay. Grab America by the Posse. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. good. Yeah. <laughs> and the FBI listens to Nickelback. My which beloved is Nickelback. T- tired. I mean, that's just a tired joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even when I, when I went to see them in concert last year, that was a tired joke. <laughs> not in St. Clown Posse, unfortunately. Would you go to see them if they played? Depends where if it was. Out of curiosity. Yeah. Depends where it was. So if I was near exits, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get killed by a gang member, though. Even like a really disorganized No, I don't. One You're right. Shit <laughs> signs, though. Yeah. <laughs> Would I go see in St. Clown Posse? Probably. Yeah, probably. Why not? Yeah. I mean, like, it would depend on, like, is it free? And is it like... Sure. Yeah. Then, okay. It's, if it's free and there's free pizza and soft drinks, maybe yeah, you there. consider it. That sounds good to me. Right. It's like yeah. a lovely evening. Well, you know, according to one fan who spoke to the Associated Press, he said, we're a family, a large one, and I'm here to march for my people. There you go. I mean, fair do. Juggalos are allowed to come well, to... Well done, They're, they're allowed to come to No Encore Live next week. It's fine. Sure, of Grand. course, yeah. Uh, one last I news item. That. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I'll show up in Juggalo uh, yeah. makeup. Haha. Uh, one last uh, news item because I don't even know if it is a news item. Kevin Shields of famously fun bunch, my buddy Valentine, is performing at a festival uh, as organised by Sigur Rós. And we'll What's, now the festival? What's it called? Well, Dave? we're going to throw to our What's Scandinavian correspondent, Cole Morrigan. Northward Nidor, I think. One sure. more time. Northward Nidor. That's better. Okay. Right. Uh, well, yeah, in his bio that was written for the, yes, the press release, someone wrote that he's working on material for a new My Buddy Valentine album to be released in 2018. There's been no follow-up to this story whatsoever, but, you know, you're not going to put that in at random, are you? Well, you might. I mean, it's on a festival website. It was probably <laughs> someone just being like, I don't know, we've written some bios in our time. <laughs> just being like, yeah, yeah we're working on new material. I've done that so many times, man, where it's just like, oh, there should be a new album forthcoming soon. And then literally the next week, I'm like, they've announced they're breaking up. Yeah. It's, yeah. So possibly written by someone that doesn't know Kevin Shields that well. <laughs> or, yeah, maybe it was a slip. Maybe there's been kind of, you know, circulars. Well, if it included. does, if it does come out, it'll be five years since the last record. Which, which is, is just nothing. In, by comparison to 22 years yeah. in between uh, Loveless and MBV. And hopefully it's better than MBV. Craig, how often do you listen to MBV? I don't go back to it too much. A couple of tracks. I'd say just, just maybe three or four tracks that I think could actually almost sit on Loveless. Yeah, very nothing good. is as tremendous. Yeah. It's this barrage. But uh, overall, I found it very lacking. Yeah, I don't know. Now, I will say, like, that record apparently was pieced together over, like, you know, it, a lot of those songs were quite old. So it's possible he was just, like, clearing the decks and he's been working on newer stuff. So it might be along quicker. That's the only kind of hope I have. But we'll we'll see. Sure. Maybe we'll get an insane clan posse feature. That could be fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I said the Juggalos are allowed to come to know Encore 2. They're allowed to go to any show in the Dublin Podcast Festival if they want to. What is that, you may wonder? Well, it's underway, and uh, <laughs> here's a reminder. The first ever Dublin Podcast Festival is happening this September 19th to the 30th. Brian Reed from S-Town, My Dad Wrote a Porno, Scroobius Pips Distraction Pieces, Criminal, The Memory Palace, and Welcome to Night Vale are all coming to town. Joining them are great Irish podcasts like Jarlath Regan's and Irishmen Abroad, The Women's Podcast, Dublin, What's the Story Pod, with This Feels Terrible. The all-day podcast extravaganza is an all-day event including Fair Game, The Sunday Sermon, Stoneface Film Podcasts, Inside Politics and Potter Rooney, with wonderful Headstuff Podcast Network pods like Personality Bingo, The Alison Spittle Show, Juvenalia, No Encore, Reviewables and With Relish. That's the 19th to the 30th of September. Definitely an event not to be missed. Tickets are available from Ticketmaster and usual outlets. More information on Dublin Podcast Festival.ie and headstuff.org. 
The Dublin Podcast Festival is brought to you by Headstuff and Aiken Promotions. So that's the Dublin Podcast Festival, which we're glad to be the best part of. Songs of the week now, which you will also enjoy at the live show. Let's do a random number game. Claire Beck is our honoured guest. Give us a number. Eleven. Between one and five. Three. Oh, that's better. It's Fallout Boy. The lads, they're back. That's Fall Out Boy. That's the third single from their forthcoming record. It's out in January. The song is called The Last of the Real Ones. Claire has a fit of the giggles. I'm sorry. I could not stop laughing when I... Because, you know, you sent her over like little YouTube links of all of the songs. I'm very professional. So that we could look at the videos as well. And... Oh my god, are they actually fucking serious? Can really? I make a confession? Like, I haven't watched still, the video. Oh, you're missing out. It's so edgy. It might be too edgy actually <laughs> for you. It's like lads in w- bunny onesies, slow-mo walking in the dark and like hitting cars and like fucking up these cars and like just being all cool. And then there's like Get the FBI on the phone. Yeah. playing in the background. But like... This song, like, I can't believe they're being serious. I actually can't get over it. I'm laughing all over again. But, like, some of the, I made notes. Okay, um, nice scope. Some of the lyrics, like, I am a child of the universe. There are stars and planets and all this. He's like, in the end of infinity and all of this. Like, it's all these, like, ridiculous, like, as if they just took loads of words there out of a thing space and put them together. All these, yeah. like, mad space metaphors and these bunnies and this stupid music playing in the background. It's not okay. I really liked it. I will say, <laughs> I really liked it. Do you not think? What? I think it's got one of the best choruses I've heard. Oh, hold up. But here's oh, the thing. I think it's Pete Wentz not being like completely f- like trying to be funny and ironic, but what it it never sometimes it doesn't quite work because the vocals then are so like just belted out like unironically that yeah. you miss. And the other the, thing as well you know is I mean? that like yeah, there's quite a bit of kind of clever pop songwriting musically. Oh man, that chorus. I disagree. I agree. I think the chorus is alright. Such a pile of shit, man. Like it was so bad. <laughs> I thought. I thought it was so bad. I thought the chorus was good. I thought it was catchy. I thought as well like the whole song in general. Like, frankly, just moved quickly enough that it never became all that grating. It's too but, overwrought. But, so frankly, but like, it's the, just too much. The kind of the heavy repetition and stuff like that works. The problem is, though, that because it's like pop songwriting, it's just been locked into that same school of thought as far as lyrics are concerned. So they've just come out slightly nonsensical. They've been working production wise with Jesse Shatkin. I believe that's the correct pronunciation, guys. Shatkin. Shatkin. Close. Story <laughs> checks out. Um, who's like done stuff with Katy Perry and the likes of that, which isn't surprising because it sounds like they're going for their big like EDM moment. And they've kind of dabbled in that before. I mean, as far back as like Infinity on High they were doing like pop crossover stuff they're as much pop as they are punk yeah I think they're actually um, very underrated as pop songwriters there I said it yeah but do you know what there I think go. that's I, I think mean this is, I think this is a banger I think this is a late oh, summer dude, banger that chorus no. is fantastic that, that it's chorus the is most, like, like it's like a machine gun going off like just no 
<laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it, it's too much. Like Young and Menace, which we've already heard, at least has it ebbs and flows. There's a bit of restraint, and the kind of payoffs are even bigger. But with this, it's just like uh, it's too much. It's really like, you know, kick-ass 80s montage music. But I don't think it is because it's not 80s. There's no, like, it's just all like, let's all, let's get all of the forward boy shit and let's all shove it up really yeah, loud and just go, g- it makes me jittery. Rare that I call on, on Cullen Regan to back me up, but I think I need you to back me up on this one, man. Yeah, no, like I said earlier, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I do appreciate a lot of the sort of pop intelligence of the songwriting the way like the, Man, I don't know. the use of repetition the they use sort of yes, like I did. short <laughs> blasts to the chorus and stuff like that it's cleverly done I don't know I don't know I just think like some sometimes you listen to a song and you go well this isn't for me but I can appreciate you know that it's yeah, good yeah. at what it does but I just thought that was a big festering steaming pile of shite wow. yeah this. I mean like pop, pop cleverness to like they, they know all the tricks and like Max Martin would love it because it fits in mm. with his real book but that's the thing it's two boy numbers I think for them they're better than this I think they are better than this. I'm, I'm really not sure if they are. I've never been a huge Fallout Boy fan. Right. Though, so I have a soft spot for them. I, think. Yeah, I have a little soft. Actually, yeah. I made a playlist on Spotify the other day that you All would right. really like. Link me up. Pop punk and new metal for life. And no, I spelled it like four L-Y-F. He loves that stuff. Yeah. I do. He's like Prince. <laughs> I'm smiling. I've got, I've got my dimple out. So it's all like, yeah. So you know I love Jesus, it. Yeah. He's got oh his dimple God, out again. Oh, oh, he's got a, we've got matching giant Look. dimples, guys. Oh, wow. Audio experience for everyone else. We might not agree. Give us a number. We might not agree on the Fall Out Boy song, but at least we've got that. So. Number one, please. Number one Bringing is the right return down. of one Stephen Morrissey. Morrissey. <laughs> and spent the day in <laughs> bed. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, he's back. Yeah. He goes by Stephen Patrick That's Morrissey, though. Well, he goes by Morrissey because he hates his name, Stephen Patrick. I think. Okay, yeah. Okay, and because Moza. great artists only have one name. Yeah. Um, spent a day in bed, yeah. So he's back with... I mean, this is like... Thematically, it's been done before in pop music where it's just basically like I had a, I pulled a sickie as a p- p- point <laughs> yeah. of protest. I liked it. I always like those kind of songs. And uh, it's a bit of a mix-up, definitely I, musically. The I elect- burst out laughing when he went, piano. stop watching, watching the, the news. news. <laughs> and I was like, the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think, like, Morrissey definitely does take the piss out of himself. And I felt like oh, that Oh, I don't bit, know. I don't think he is. I'm sorry. Did you read the book? Yeah. He, you don't wait, go... Wait, wait, the one that he wrote or the autobiography? No, the one that he wrote. No, I haven't oh read Oh my God, novel. dude. If you can get through it, like... I read the autobiography, which I really enjoyed. Despite it being melancholic in the extreme, yeah. <laughs> as you might imagine. Um, no, the like you don't ring up Penguin Classics and go, "I want, I'm Marcy, I'm writing a book," but you're publishing it as Penguin Classic. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, he, yeah, like yeah. he definitely, there's definitely a. Oh look, a good I like, like I, 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 I have a lot of time for Marcy. I have less time for him these days. I, I think he's gone too far in the other direction uh, mm. in a lot of respects. Uh, well, uh, and, and this album as well appears to have a lot of very. Oh, kind so of, the track listing is <sighs> where do we start? No, it's, uh, it looks like parody. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and the song I think does sound a bit like parody. However, I don't think I, I I saw the reaction to the song before I got to the song, and I saw people being like, "This is terrible. Uh, this is really bad." And I, so I braced myself for like, "Okay, oh, this must be really bad." And I was like, 
No, it's not. You know, no, no, it's like, no, no, it's 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 not too bad. Fine. But but then again, I mean, like that just for me sums up so much of Morrissey's career, probably over the past decade and more, where it's just like damning with faint praise at every turn. It's kind of like you know, if you go to see Morrissey at a gig now, it's like well, he was on a, in okay form. He wasn't horrible and cantankerous like. Mm. And when he brings out a song, it's like it's okay. It's not that bad. I don't think it's like it's not the worst song ever. But like the bit there, there is like you know you're like oh this is kind of catchy, and then he's like stop watching the news, and you're uh, like oh this you, is hilarious. But there is but the yeah. bit at the end where it's like no bus, no boss, no rain, no train. Like you can imagine like being on a like you know being in your car sitting in traffic, being like oh, like just like I'm really like connecting with the song right now because I really wish it's I for the didn't every have man. A boss, yeah, and like the repetition know? of it. There's a few. Yeah, he's there's a Stone Cold Steve Austin of modern day. There's music, a few clunkers, he? and it's definitely like he doesn't realize that a lot of the internet exists and people are talking about stuff he like he delivers that line about the news it's just like he's, he's he's you know telling everyone listen guys you know the news is just designed to frighten you right yeah <laughs> you know wake up sheeple it's like, yeah. a fair state out there in front of your televisions um, on the other hand that kind of staccato organ that you hear yeah it's cool like it's like yeah there's a bit of kind of energy to it as well yeah. which has been missing in yeah. some of his more energy recent like the specials yeah like it's a bit it's a bit old hat isn't it I it's, mean it's it sounds it's like a Bell and Sebastian's armor. 90s a bit yeah, he's with trying to be I think he's trying to be avant-garde modern poppy but he's about a decade behind if not more there's a there is one track on the new album that's called I think uh, I Bury the Living which might be one of his best song titles <laughs> that's a great song yeah. it's like a Marilyn Manson song yeah, do you not think Kick the Bride Down the Aisle is pretty good oh that's awesome title. yeah I mean yeah he's, he is hilarious okay so I guess as a first shot I mean do you guys want to hear the record like do you oh like, of course yeah, yeah? of course okay. sure give it a go it's oh. Marcy so, yeah. so that means we're reviewing it then, does it? Sure. Okay, fine. Can I have a number, please? Call him. Number five. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, it's my boy, Mac Lamour, <laughs> as I believe is the correct pronunciation. It is. Featuring Kesha, who doesn't have a dollar sign anymore. So she sounds like Kesha. So here we go. This song is called Good Old Days. You forget all these reckless nights you I was thinking about the band. I was thinking about the fans. We were underground, loading merch in that 12 passenger van. In a small club in Minnesota, and the snow outside of First Ave. I just wanted my name in the star. Now look at where we at, still growing up. Still growing up. I would lay in my bed and dream about what I'd become. That's Good Old Days by Mac Lamour and Kesha. Now, before I even saw the, you know, bump for this or anything I went piano ballad sure but that's like her jam yeah, turn it on uh, piano ballad yeah, yeah. And he you know, misses Roy and Lewis so much guys <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so lonely without him Aww. he sounds very lonely doesn't he I kind of like I'm not a Macklemore guy sorry Macklemore yeah. um, I can never I can never go against him after that after that night that amazing night that Cullen that Cullum and I crowd. shared in the three arena what's all this now I went to see Macklemore with Cullum in the three arena and I got very drunk and I live tweeted the whole thing and then Joe Dottie ran a big story oh on it oh my god I remember and I this went, I, I went quote unquote viral yeah. so I can't ever he's my boy well, you know, he's, I, I hate <laughs> these kind of songs but this is the best version of that kind of song I think I've heard because I kind of buy into what he's saying I like I like the kind of crack in his voice I think he delivers it well and it's the, it maybe the right side of cheesy I mean I don't love it but it's fine like 
I kind of feel like so it started out of course it was going to be the piano and the thing and you're like oh this would be my maybe like a good like end of 60 year song or something but just yeah, 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 I get, no but you know but like mine was like where's sunscreen remember that Baz oh, yeah, wasn't yeah, that yeah, like the 60 year song was, for yeah. years and years and don't look see, back at it graduation see, that, yeah, yeah. Um, but one song this Macklemore thing like it's just when he starts the reason I started laughing again I got my fallout boy fit of giggles again but the re- he's just like yo these are the days and he starts doing his rap but it just really reminded me of have you ever heard slash watched the video for Macklemore and Ryan Lewis's song The Irish Celebration yes have I have no. it is we rocked that line it is astonishing it is just for anybody who hasn't seen Fuck the video the London I'm just like, kidding London and it's just like it's so bad this is a lad this is a ginger lad from where is he Seattle, Seattle. or something who's yeah. obviously decided he has some sort of Irish roots and it's literally like hey he's proud to be a Haggerty as he says on Irish Celebration oh my god like it's this pub like the stereotypical Irish pub and there's like a lad in a flat cap playing a fiddle and like and he's all like yo shamrocks you've never seen anything until you've seen the Dublin crowd when he starts playing that on stage I thought we were going to die it went mad Colm and I were sitting we were sitting in the three arena we were sitting like you know in the seats like smack bang in the middle and everyone was on their feet stamping and I was like we're going to die we're going to fucking die these things are going to listening to the worst song of all time which transferred Redner's as people unfurled tricolours from nowhere they'd been in the arena for an hour and a half with no flags and suddenly it's like distress flare but like a tricolour comes out we're now living in a post Galway girl world guys right so I I don't care if that song is made the national anthem our celebration came first mate that's what I'm saying like in retrospect fine better days okay look uh, I kind of like this song even though it's you know exactly you know what you're getting it's very much like hey you know remember these could be the best days of your life and they'll just be over in a heartbeat man like yeah we get the sentiment it's fine but I enjoyed it it was nice Did one thing I find interesting about it though is did you no it's because you know what major artists big pop songs everything is so overproduced everything's loud it's up at the front Mm. it's like this deluge like there's no Mm. um, I'm turning into Craig deluge I don't know why I said deluge (laughs) where's it me we're all fucking stuff sit down (laughs) also what a nickname you now have Craig deluge (laughs) that could could be like his DJ name I think but if it's just like amongst ourselves he only plays the fall and nothing else But I thought it was interesting that at first, what I'm saying at first listen, I definitely didn't give it a second go, but it kind of sounded a bit demo-y almost because it didn't yeah. have, because it had like the, well, like That's the millennial whoop and stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, but it Macklemore still hasn't adjusted to the fact that he doesn't have a producer in the group anymore. He's, he's just like, hey, I'm done, man. Yeah, the chorus is decent. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's fine. Like, it's fine. It, it's, it was nice just that there was a bit of room around it, that it wasn't all like, yeah. like shoved That's why I thought it would be, but it was done well. Yeah, and look, I mean. Pleasant. Yeah. And it's I, the best version of that song. It's the best version of him. Are you going to yes. listen to it again? It's the best ever. version of all of us, Greg. I'll probably have to, but I won't really mind. Yeah, I think you're probably in not. Dices. I think you're probably not far <laughs> off on that. Though, yeah. It's a good version of this song, and what's more, he and Kesha are two good artists to actually be doing these particular jobs. Yeah, he's one of those sort of reminiscing rappers at the best of times. Yeah, and I've said and it she's before. She's got the range for that sort of yeah. vocal. And song. I'll say it again. He's got a song called "Other Side Remix," and it's about you know yeah, that props. It's about like drugs, and I think like a friend that he that he lost to drugs, and it's actually a fucking great song yeah. so he has some good tunes it's just that that Irish celebration man like I can't downtown's a belter like, yeah. oh. downtown oh come it's on it's a belter and again live oh. man let's go I want to go to that gig again <laughs> you just want to go to the same gig let's again. move on we have, we have two more songs to get through okay, uh, okay a number please Claire between uh, you can have two or number four 
Four. Okay, doke. It's Local Lad Done Good, Niall Horan of Mullingar and One Direction fame. The song is called Too Much to Ask. For the first time, my heart is open. You walk right in soon out and tell me there are things that you regret. Cause if I'm being honest, I ain't over you yet. It's all I'm asking. Is it too much to ask? So that's Niall Horan, too much to ask. I actually have a special treat for you guys. Bring it. I have a remix of Niall Horan, too much to ask. Are you ready to hear it? Okay. okay. We're going to be mad professional. Off the phone. <laughs> Off the phone. Just pretend you're on the back of the bus. It's grand. Okay. So. Thinking about good old days here. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I just want to play it. Technical difficulties. Radio royalty. <laughs> Do you know what this is? No. This is Kesha's smash hit, her comeback single, Praying. Oh my god, it is. So it's the exact same intro. It's the exact but it's also like if you it's it's the exact same song, like the vocal melody and everything, very similar. Well very, hold on. Very I thought this this reminded me of JoJo's uh leave. Because right the exact now. same melody, yeah. Huh. Really? So, yeah. Except without the punky feistiness of exactly, the 14-year-old. Yeah, totally like, like, so like listening to this, like uh, like he's got a good voice. He's a good lad. It's not for us, but I'm sure his fans would be like, "Oh, deadly!" You know, does he drops an f bomb in there because he's super edgy? Yeah. But you know, I do like. I'd love to be like, "Oh my god, that's a really good tune. Fair play to him." But yeah. it's, it is Kesha praying. Well, what it's I was going to say song. was like, I was going to say like, is it too much to ask for Niall Horan to not do what's expected of him and deliver a generic ballad, which is totally fine and put together okay? But like, you know, it ain't fucking off to the races, is it? Like, he's he seems to be content to be content do you know what I mean like, like he's like he's settled for to this. an extent yeah I mean like again from what I understand of One Direction and his time in the band <laughs> yeah. he, he well, from, w- from, from the books that you've read yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah from the academic studies so on so forth peer reviews um, basically he was the sort of acoustic balladeer singer songwriter bloke of the band like he'd Boring be out one. there with an acoustic guitar during live shows and so on everyone loves that and <laughs> You've got to assume, though, that he's rather than go the direction that, for instance, uh, Zayn has in going for, like, you know, highly produced studio pop or Harry, which is kind of like, you know, old soul rocker shit or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, do we just have to accept that actually Dal Horde's not going to be a pop superstar? He's going to be a middle of the road singer He's the Jason Orange of that group. Do you think? I thought he was like the mad popular one. No? Uh, I don't know. Like. No, just like to the extent that Jason Orange during, like, a, a definitely one tour of I Take That's, like like came out and like did an acoustic set. Yeah, I feel like the One Direction power rankings goes Harry... Zane, Niall, the other two, and then the other two. <laughs> yeah. Harry delete, and Zane are the only ones that do anything. Delete as people. Well, your man, you know your man Louis Tomlinson. Yeah. Oh, actually, I yeah. read an interview with him in the Guardian a little while ago, and he comes across like a really fucking nice guy. Yeah. And a very insecure guy who was like, even with the journalists, he was kind of like, is that all right? And like, like stuff like, like he's he very close to his mother. I think she passed away, and like I think he like he wants to do stuff with like Doncaster Rovers, who like yeah. were his boyhood. Club. He could have played for them at one point. Apparently, Pretty he just sure. comes across like a very interesting guy who's actually incredibly insecure because he's he, he's like, oh, I, I was never like you know the the sexy one. I was never the best voice. I was Aww. just kind of yeah, and he knows it. 
and he's like trying so oh, hard. Poor to be, multi-millionaire. Ah, oh, no, but I mean, like, he, like <laughs> if you read the piece, he comes across like a nice yeah. dude. As for Nal Horn, Nal Horn's always come across like a nice dude. Yeah. Apparently, by all accounts, he is a nice dude. But yeah. his, uh, but his music ain't. Uh, uh, Claire's right. It ain't for us. The Fine. O- the other but thing, still a bit of ambition, mate. And what's more, that last line in the chorus where he follows asking with oh, too yeah. much to ask, and yeah, it, that's yeah, too much yeah, ask. Yeah. Yeah, speaking as a journalist, you need to edit that. You need yeah, to change back, that. Back that ask up, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, like it just screams hey. of like hey. this will do. This is what's expected. It's fine. Um, yeah. It's better than the last thing. Do you remember you put out the acoustic? Um, like was it live this town? Just, in one take? And it was like one take. And it was like, oh, so brilliant. Well done, fine. It's just like a disnified, you know, ballad. He know. says fucked up though. Yeah, what? Yeah, edgy as hell. It's like a twelve A film. You know, you get, you get one fuck. There you go. One fuck by Nile Horn. Uh, okay, right. Uh, we got one more song, and I, I think Claire's going to be happier about this one. This is um, artistic singing sensation. Jesus Christ, oh, my. Christ man. Do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Deliver each other. Here's Bjork. <laughs> I sure, I sure remember what she artistic I, singing, singing sensation. sensation. Oh, I sure remember what she Icelandic or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's Bjork. She's from Iceland, and she does music that is quite art installationy. This is called <laughs> the Gate. I'm not. I'm not like taking shots here. I'm trying to like. You know, yeah. what, what if someone listening has never heard her before? Well, you're not really selling her. <laughs> okay, Claire, we're all try, this in. By the way, this Claire, is great. Bjork, <laughs> Claire, you're you're a pro at this kind of thing. Why don't you sell her? I don't know. Uh, Bjork sells herself. She doesn't oh. need to be sold. Wow, well, well, that's She's me. She's the queen of Iceland I'm and out, possibly guys. the world. Slam. <laughs> <laughs> this is the gate. Love from. Yeah. I mean, at the start of it, you hear it and you just think, well, this is another Bjork song, isn't it? Like, just mad as a box of oh, frogs. Oh, it's Bjork, is it? Yeah. It's like Bjork. Yeah. It rhymes with work. Like, yeah. I thought it was Bjork But it, it's actually probably. It's, it, <laughs> Let's ask Craig how do you pronounce it. It's actually it? probably the most direct I've ever heard her. Right? As in, like, the most straight bat, I actually know what she's talking about. Yeah. Which I don't think I've probably had since. See, she's very happy. She's very, very happy on this new album for the first yeah. time in a yeah, very long that's time. That's exactly it. I mean, like, the last record was a heartbreak album. This is the healing from the heartbreak, so to speak, I think. Yeah, it very much is. It's all about love, essentially, in a kind of universal, um, almost metaphysical sense. And it's, it's yeah, it's a gorgeous track. I mean, it's kind of... Also, have you seen the video? Oh, outstanding. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Unreal. It's like... Gucci kind of sponsored some like DMT trip. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> it was <laughs> unveiled. The dress took like eight hundred and forty hours to make. Yeah, something yeah, like something that. crazy. Um, yeah, she's just she's absolute magic. I mean, yeah. she's a genius. She's one of the best artists out there right now, and this is this is fantastic. And it is, yeah, it's much more direct. Um, it just seems like it's just incredible confidence to the whole thing, and I can't wait for record. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic. But like that, like I absolutely adored Volnikura, but found it a very hard listen. Like you're going to mm, sing yeah. there with your headphones and you know, and the gaze when it first came out, I, I had to lie down. I was lying down just to <laughs> it going, oh my God, I'm so, this is great. Like she sounds like she's in such a better place. It's very like we like we knew each other or something. Was this uh, on your houseboat where you were lying down? It was. Drifting away into the... Drift, into I wasn't <laughs> drifting, drifting away, away, but yeah. No, Fast. lying there and I was like, God, and I was like, oh, I'm so pumped for this album. And then I had to go into town and I was like, oh, give Volnikura a spill, spin, you know, let's try that again. A spin for the first time in a while. I was on the Red Line Lewis and this lad came up to me and I don't know if he was going to try and mug me or ask for money or something, but he saw my face. I think I must have looked so sad because I was like, oh God, I've forgotten how emotional this was that he just kind of went, changed his mind and like just kept walking. Yeah, like, she's oh, definitely, she, she's, yeah. she's purpose built for the Red Line Lewis, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can recommend. I find. No, this is a great song. Uh, she is singular. She is one of a kind. She's fantastic. Um, I mean, I, I can't lie. I, I, I'd rather have some big time sensuality type stuff from her, but I, those days are over, I, I feel. Yeah. Um, I love the production on this. It's, it's fantastic. Got, it's yeah. almost oh, like yeah. this, it's it does this like physical thing to your ears where it's like kind of, it's being propelled by jets of air or something that's like kind of being moved around. Yeah, yeah. There's this weird kind of sound effect at times yeah that make it sound like I don't know like walking through a forest or something I think it's just just generally though the way that the kind of orchestral and the electronic have met here is just really 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 neat and I don't mean that in a Barney the Dinosaur sense I mean like it's actually very very (laughs) very carefully and very deliberately done for some reason uh, like when this ended it prompted me to like it was like up next Jessie J like her new single I didn't even know she was back and I thought oh she's back and I thought oh let's give it a go because it was like a serious black and white video right. and I was like oh what? I was like can she go toe to toe with Bjork no she no. can't well, no. fair few can yeah, so, yeah that's certainly not after the game let's put it that way fair enough and that's the songs of the week, everybody. Woo! We got through it without killing each other. Yay. We did, okay. <laughs> uh, in that case, uh, let's hope we can keep going for the albums. I thought you were going to, like, in that case, you were going to, like, smash a bottle and be like, yeah, we'll take and you kill all. Everyone. Like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Planning that for later. Let's have some something more pleasant, shall yeah. we? Or, or will we? Well, let's find out, because we've talked about this gentleman on the show before. Almost a year ago, we reviewed Hamilton Lighthouser and Rostam's collaborative effort. I had a dream that you were mine. Rostam, of course, of Vampire Weekend. He's no longer a part of Vampire Weekend, very much his own man. Prone to collaboration, but also has been working on his own record for quite some time. It's called Half Light, and it sounds like this. that's Bike Dream from Rostam the album is Half Light now this has been in the works for quite some time it's kind of like someone writing a book for five years or something and just goes back to it every now and then like some of these songs have existed in different forms for a few years now yeah. and, mm-hmm. and we've heard some of them before yeah like, totally and I mean you know it's it's an interesting record I, he's obviously got a certain style uh, I guess what I want to ask Craig Fitzpatrick first yes. is as how to pronounce his surname <laughs> go Batmangalish which I believe is actually correct I thought it was Batmangalish no, I think it's Batmangalish. 
I'm yeah. I'm gonna get his email and, uh, and somehow we'll, we'll find out for sure. I think it is. I think I got it right. I think no, I got yeah. this one right, guys. It's definitely hard, Jay. Yeah, yeah, well, just right. guys, because he just goes by Rostam, so it's totally fine. We're all Thank you, Rostam. But uh, I want to ask the, the the hardest of the hardcore Vampire Weekend yeah. fans that I know: Does this record make you more, less, or not at all concerned about the next Vampire Weekend record? And that might be a dickhead question to ask, considering we're here to talk about this record. But I just want to know that first off. Um, I think they'll be fine. I also, it seems when he's been, this is kind of dodging the question a bit, but when he's been asked about it, he's kind of saying, oh yeah, I've been around the guys and I think he's been working on the record, to be honest. Okay. I got, so, I'm, they'll be fine. Well, the there, are elements, be there are elements of the style that he brought to that band on this. Yeah, I will Yeah, I will say, there's definitely, course, you, there can, would you be, can see, and you could even see with the Hamilton record, um, oh yeah, this is like what he brought to Vampire Weekend. So in that sense, you get the full breadth of what, he, what he's done, and there's certainly snatches, I mean, like even the classical stuff, those kind of studied things that you would get from the early records, Vampire Weekend. Yeah, I mean, he's going to probably take that with him. Um, as for this, as his first kind of like, effort under his own name for full length it's it's very nice and he's a super talented guy he's like an excellent producer it sounds beautiful but does it feel a bit like odds and ends or feels a bit like he's just oh this is what i've been working on in between my day job for you know it is odds and ends though yeah. like some of these songs are really really old they would have been written kind of on the side um for you know while he was doing Vampire Weekend stuff yeah. and then he's producing for other people and go and then like there's like but there is some fantastic use of autotune as an instrument on a couple of tracks <laughs> on this it's really really great um, but there's I, I think it like even just the going with the title of Half Light like he said actually hold on let me make sure I get this right my second favourite podcast after No Encore Ooh. would be Song Exploder and he does a song, song exploder for Bike Dream and he talks a little yeah. bit about that um, have you listened to it? yeah yeah no, so it's good. really interesting but he was kind of saying that like you know for half of these songs he's out and for the other half he hadn't come out yet and even like the um, when he's talking about the two boys one to kiss your neck one to make you breakfast he yeah. explains that that's actually one person but it's like he's talking about he wants to be like you know oh I'm in love with this person but also I need you to be discreet like all this kind of thing so that's why I think it feels kind of patched together and I was kind of like the first couple of listens I was like no I don't know it's you know exactly what you said odds yeah. and endsies but I've been listening to it quite a bit and I really I, I just it's so charming now it's totally won me over I Cullum think. is is half light half baked you see oh. here's, here's the thing I mean like it, you know it, it, it doesn't feel that odds and endsies simply because he's so talented as a producer you can so sort of talented. smooth it out yeah and you know Things that maybe shouldn't normally go together and in other people's hands wouldn't go together fit perfectly. And so it means like he's taking, as I say, like the kind of classics or string arrangements and stuff like that. But and like um, the hand drums, these sort of like Arabian influences and stuff. And, you know, turn them into really agreeable pop. At the same time, there's a point at which that while still really impressive as a technical exercise, does become yeah. a little bit, okay, look, we get it. You can use everything that you come across and make it sound like this. But the, maybe less is more at this, a certain point. This is what I'm thinking, where it's like, it does sound like someone that's r- extremely good at using, like, reason or logic and just kind of having fun with... And certainly in, in that, like, song Exploder, he like, goes into such depth about the beats and he's incredible, kind of, what he does with drums and his pitch-shifting stuff. That's all really, really interesting. 
But then when he starts talking about like, oh, the melodies I wrote for this or the kind of lyrics, I mean, that doesn't really, like that intense meaning for him doesn't really, I think, shine. It's a brilliant song, but it doesn't kind of translate that well. And vocally and melodically, it feels like, oh yeah, this melody is kind of pretty and it'll do over this thing I've spent months and months on my laptop working on. Do you know he's what I mean? Kind of, and he's so mumbly as well that he's kind of like... Yeah, so maybe it's more like him taking centre stage. He just doesn't quite have that star power yet yeah, or I something mean, like that. I don't know. I actually, I don't mind that sort of lyrical delivery because I think it gives it a sort of an intimacy that it it's might otherwise be lacking. Though, isn't it? it is a little bit mm. samey, I'll give you that. But like he said in an interview before the record that he was trying to musically make the most complex stuff that could possibly be sang over. And now listening, <laughs> listening to this record, it doesn't come across that way. Yeah. So you've got to wonder, has he just, like I say, done such a good job of, you know, doing the sterling production work that it's ended up slightly homogenized in that sense. Yeah. Or did he actually pull back from his It comes across band? that way quite overtly on a track like Rudy, where it's a bit too out of control and it just yeah. sounds like a fucking you know, fire brigade crashing into a bus full of clowns. And you're like, okay, yeah, I know <laughs> you're trying to... clowns? <laughs> <laughs> Was there a posse of them or just yeah. like one or two? Their, 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 their mental state uh, wasn't recorded at the time of the tragic accident. But what I would say is that, you know, ultimately he's almost oh, trying... No, he's almost trying for too much. Uh, and it's, you know, it's that weird situation where it's like... Like it's it's, it's admirable, but I, I think you know if you look at the title track, which I think is one of the, uh, the, the one of the richest songs of 2017, it has a vocal feature by Kelly Zutrow, and um, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous piece of work. That song is full of restraint, and he's quite ruthless as an editor on that song. But I think he needs to be ruthless as an editor on the entire album because while I might be guilty of being like, oh, you know, I want ten track albums across the board, this one is fifteen tracks, and you definitely have heard it by the time you get to about track seven. That said, there are late highlights. I think When and Guan are phenomenal songs. Yeah. But the problem is they're mixed up in this kind of mixed bag where you're like, I don't know, it's like getting pick and mix and being like, I don't like these ones, but these ones are great. I think he's a real... bottles for all, please. Yeah, like, I think he's a real, real talent, but he's just... At the moment, he needs a collaborator or someone almost... Not calling the shots, but taking what he's done. Yeah, or just putting shape to his ideas and maybe topping it off with... I don't know, some slightly better lyrics and melodies. Are, are you <laughs> suggesting that he makes another record with Hamilton Lighthouse here? Yeah, or Vampire Weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, hell, like, he can work with whoever. I mean, he's done good work with Frank Ocean. Oh, I mean, yeah, he wrote the guitar part on Ivy, which Charlie was... XCX. He has a phenomenal he's, song he's with brilliant. a band called Ra Ra Riot. The song is called Water. It's excellent. Yeah. He's a yeah. supreme talent, but I just don't know if he, this is the kind of big statement from him singular statement it's a personal yeah. statement that I guess he wanted to make and he's yeah. made it but yeah. as an overall kind of thing you're like yeah it's nice it's pleasant it's good but you know you expect more from him as an artist but uh, you kind of feel like well he had to get this out yes. I, think, I think so yeah, yeah there was like, like you were saying earlier the thing of clearing the deck like he had all of these kind of ideas mm. And stuff, but Bike Dream is a banger. Bike Dream is a great song. Actually, yeah. the first few, like, I mean, like, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I think Summer Bike Dream, first Half Life, they're all great. Yeah, are yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, and it, to be perfectly honest, it's not even to say that the latter half of the album is particularly poor either. I think you summed it up quite well when you said that it just happens that once you've reached a certain point in the record, you feel like you've heard it. But we get the drum line from Obvious Child, and then a couple of tracks later, oh, we yeah, get the message yeah, yeah. to you, Rudy. Yeah. Uh, reprise, I suppose, yeah, you call yeah, it on yeah. Rudy. Like, I think it's nice. It just needs a bit of trimming. Like, I mean, like do do a Craig Fitzpatrick on this. <laughs> you know, take out the take out the foundational. I think virtues. a bit of trimming, and and as well, just to shake the fear of a little bit of. A little bit more variety here and there. 
I yeah, think, it's, 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 it's actually, the main issue. It's like, the, like this, it's a rare album where you'd almost welcome more features. You see, the thing is, yeah, and well, I, I was one. Yeah, yeah. So you're basically saying you want him to work on artists. No, <laughs> like, let me see. Shut I'm, up. Cullum and I are currently putting this album to rights. Yeah, yeah, I was right. wondering. I was wondering about that myself, though. That's kind of a be careful what you wish for scenario because, like, if you get more features, then I think you works with Ted Nugent. You lose some of the Rostam's going to get you. I think you lose a lot of the intimacy and a lot of the kind of like more delicate. Uh, yeah. touches that only he is going to be able to bring here but yeah I'm, I mean yeah the idea that I had was like while listening to this is just like you know like death by chocolate or at least the concept behind it where it's just like if you have chocolate everything do you think you're on the with relish podcast right now you just no because <laughs> you're not I don't <laughs> but like basically you just need something to break it up it's not necessarily that anything is disagreeable in here it's just that yeah track after track after track after track of it you're just like okay that's enough for someone that's like so steeped in you know musical theory and is just you know he can do whatever he wants sonically really I just feel like, like it all sits together a bit like oh it's his kind of sonic portfolio for college or something yeah. do you know what I mean it's yeah. a bit of that well, you are back in you are back in college Greg, I am back so, in college yeah. Uh, yeah. well you know Craig like I give him a were, first if you were, I was, was going to ask you if you were his lecturer what would you give him at a 10 uh, for this sonic portfolio yeah. I think it's like a six point five for me. I think it's a six point five yeah. as well. Cullum. Yeah, I'd go six point five. Claire back. I think I might I might stretch to seven just because okay. I think he is quite adorable. But um It's yeah. a recommend. It's a recommend for like, sure. Like that it sounds is. so weird. We're like, oh he's yeah. so nice, so adorable. But I mean look, as a listen, like it's the first time I was like, Oh, like pretty much like agreeing with what you guys are saying. But then I kinda gave it another couple of goes and I've really warmed to it. Like I you know. So will I buy it? Probably. Will I go back and listen to it loads? over the next however many years probably not okay well you know no. that's all you can really hope for in Poor this crazy crazy world uh, we have two <laughs> albums this week we're going overboard and if you're talking about crazy world well welcome this guy Aslan, Aslan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Aslan it's not Aslan don't turn off the podcast it's Ariel Pink uh, his 11th studio record quite bizarrely it's called Dedicated to Bobby Jemison Yeah, that was another weekend uh, taken from Ariel Pink's latest. Um, this was inspired by the story of a 1960s artist who was sort of chewed up and spit out by the industry and, and felt pretty badly about it. Maybe not all that surprising that Ariel Pink can find some sort of common ground. Can in I stop that you story. there? Can Call I just? Them. Yeah, I would just like just. Where are you? Oh. Well, I was going to say, is this a concept album? Oh yes. Ooh. I was going to say Insert that sinister music here. I was going to say that uh, feel, felt pretty badly about it is the mildest ever oh, descriptor yeah. for massive anxiety and depression and threatening to um, go from suicidal into homicidal if he got a gun in his hands and went to LA and that's why he couldn't go to LA. So yeah, it pretty much wrecked his whole life, didn't it? And I, I didn't really surprisingly know of him because I, I usually love these, you know, lost artists that like had one album that should have been massive, but I didn't really know his stuff. Did you? No, no not at all. But I think it was just as far as, far as I, from digging on the 
Patchopedia, but yeah. the actual internet, not just the insane Glen Posse one. Um, yeah, I think it was a, it was built up to be this one song, and it was like, oh, he's the next big phenomenon, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And the song just tanked, and no one really cared because he came out and he apparently looked. He was like just this terrified lad, being like, I haven't really been prepared for this at all, and everyone just went not interested, yeah. and that was it. Well, Ariel Pink has like previous for this. I mean, he loves these type of artists, so like, he he covered that song "Baby" by Donny and Joe Emerson. Do you remember? Which was kind of the original broke through, or like ended up on the Jimmy Fallon show or whatever. Do you, know, do you remember this? It's an amazing song, but it was recorded by these two, uh, like teenagers whose father like sold loads of their farm and built them like a hundred grand recording studio and their own music venue. And they made this album, which obviously went nowhere <laughs> and it was rediscovered oh like two decades later. Um, so yeah, Ariel Pink is like obsessed with, I guess, the casualties of pop music, yeah. Um, and even like his recordings, I mean. He's a bit more polished now, which is probably not saying a lot. But when he first came out, it was, he was very much part of that glow-fi and the cassette thing. And it was like all the stuff was fed through like filters that were supposed to be deteriorating. So it was kind of like his take on pop music, but through the prism of all the evil stuff that happens to people yeah. that you know come to contact with pop music. And this is very much like following suit. And it's great! <laughs> uh, do, you, do you think yeah. it's great? Think it's great? Yeah, I really I... like it yeah. Honestly, I want, I really wanted to like it, but just going through it, like, there are some really good songs on it, definitely, but um, do you not, do you not think that half of the album sounds like a less good pom-pom? Um, like, no, I do. <sighs> No, I don't. I actually prefer this to pom pom. I think I, mm, pom pom was a pom pom. That was the record that was out last year, yeah. twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Okay, yeah. Yeah. last record. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, you heard another weekend, which for me is probably the best track on the album. It's gorgeous. It's the centerpiece of the album, actually, number seven of thirteen. But for me, it's one of the few times on which you can actually find the requisite emotion and the emotional resonance that I think this record is meant to have the whole way through. This is clearly an album that you're meant to sort of latch onto the story and you're meant to feel bad and to reflect on, you know, some of the troubles that Ariel Pink has had, obviously reflected occasionally through those of of Bobby Jameson. But it's just too messy to focus on that. See, I think this is I very think this whole record is cohesive so dis- for Ariel Pink. Well, like. <laughs> perhaps it's all relative, but yeah. it's so disjointed and so just jumping around the place mm. that, yeah, I can't find that connection to it at all, you know? It's a bit like playing a really sad song, but on the ukulele. Great. And it's just like, what are you doing? This feels like a record that, you know, like, with all due respect, I feel this is a Craig record, you know? It's kind of like, it's, it's a wash. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> no, no, no. It, McAfee would love this shit and he got to play it for him right away. It's a wash with like, you know, kind of psychedelia. It's hazy. It you is. know, it's, it, it's very kind of old sounding pop. Sure. So, no, that's not my jam, really. Yeah. And, you know, Cullum saying that, like, you know, you tune into the narrative and the narrative will either grab it or you won't. And, and the narrative is, is integral to how you view this record. So, therefore, you must think that I don't like this record. Can I shock you? Well, I think you will like it. I think because it's really you're a good. man of discerning taste. I think yeah. it's really fucking good. Um, the narrative didn't really grab me. I found myself kind of almost d- being but like... But here's the thing. I don't know if it's necessarily a concept record. Like, I think he's using Bobby Jemson as, like, you know, something to latch onto, but... There's a lot of different characters in here, and Ariel Pink isn't really an artist that ever talks about himself too much. No. Which is probably good, because in Infuse, I usually stay away from Infuse with him, because he doesn't seem like the... Seems like a douche. Yeah, he seems like a bit of a douche. I met him, and he was really lovely. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, him and his weird drummer who looks like Alice Cooper. 
I met him outside Lucky Records in Reykjavik and this drummer had like a plastic bag inexplicably just on his head and Ariel Pink was just like walking down the street and I went up to him I was like fuck it I never do this I'm going to go up I don't care went to him and was like Ariel I was like hi Uh, just won't keep you just want to say pom pom absolutely love it but your next record which I haven't heard yet I will like as much (laughs) and like got a photo and he was like totally nice okay have you seen him live? I haven't actually, no. I, I probably, yeah, I think he's probably beat. It's just flat. It's just because a lot of it, like you said, it's like cutting and pacing and sampling. So the band, it just kind of sounded really noodly and flat. And he didn't seem like he was really enjoying himself. Uh, yeah. Dave, this this record. Yeah, I mean, it. like, okay, well, it starts off. I mean, the first track is kind of an outlier because it's very, like, you know, almost kind of sinister game show, Rocky Horror Picture Show type, yeah, type yeah, thing, yeah. Time to Meet Your God. And I really enjoyed that. But then you're straight into Feels Like Heaven. Feels Like Heaven is one, is one of the most, like, beautiful, gorgeous, yeah, like, like summer kind of kickback jams I've heard in a very long time. Um, I was just, I was tethered to this all the way through. I And as a matter of fact, the bonus track is a belt through as well. The bonus track, Revenge of the Iceman, mm. oh, sounds like that. some kind of weird, like, you know, uh, four to the floor like glam rock song that you would have got on like Top of the Pops back in the day and you'd be like who are they oh they're here to terrorise your kids or something like you mm-hmm. know there's just something about it um, and that actually kind of acts as a bit of a dovetail with Time to Meet Your God but hey it's not really on the record but no I like, there's just something I tuned into this I mean I love when a record uh, is good at world building and that's what this one has I mean like I, it creates an atmosphere that I was happy to kind of be a part of and I am normally resistant to this kind of sound I, I, I'm not one for the classics I'm not one for dare I say it even some Beatles-esque sounds which I think are on this record dare I say sure yeah. and uh, yeah this really worked for me I don't think it's a full on triumph but I think it's a damn good record yeah like I think he can just he, he's such a talent for kind of like effortless melodies and things like that I think people get annoyed because they think oh he's just joking around and he's doing stuff for no real reason I actually think he kind of painstakingly goes over everything so much to create this atmosphere and it's on like the tent list and you realise something in the background is now stuck in your head for ages like on, on Pom Pom um, Alexis Protrudis who I very much respect as a music journalist he gave it a pretty bad review and said like, Ariel Pink thinks he's like pop music is beneath him but I think he is no. so in love with pop I music agree I yeah, completely yeah. agree with you but I th- the way you were talking so lovely about Bob, Bob so lovely I, I words good the way you were talking about Bobby Jameson there that's how I feel about Pom Pom I think okay. that like it's so much fun there's so many layers to it you can go back and the, but like Time to Meet Your God like when I hit play on the album and I was like this sounds like a less good lipstick or sexual athletics or something from Pom Pom like I just I was like oh no is this going to be the same but not as good because I hate that you know but like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who doesn't take that? But like, there are some nice moments, like you said, this kind of 60s kind of fuzzy, like there's some yeah. very kind of like the doors yeah. sort of elements to it. But like, Time to Live is just a less good video killed the radio star. Do you know well, what I mean? Well, it actually I mean, does the like the melody yeah, from it. it. Which, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, to be fair, I mean, like that comes in and, and it's great to hear because obviously that's one of the most iconic songs ever. But at the same time, I think it works as part of I the know, song. I, does, I just yeah. I thought it sounded like a, a Niall Horan effort that it's kind Ooh. of like we're not sampling it, but we're just kind <laughs> of out. doing it just the same. But like, Santa's in the closet, acting, classic Ariel Pink weirdness. Loved both of them. Just thought it was really good. But as an album, I just thought it was a bit... Do you know what I did after I gave it two listens? Threw it in the same. <laughs> no, I put pom pom on. I put pom pom on full blast, and I went, "God, I love this record." Why, Why don't you I just marry pom pom? So Maybe I should just marry pom pom. Cullum, drag this shit back to shore. Yeah, what can I say? Like I said earlier, I think I just think it's a scatter shot effort, really. Um, probably when it was played with the straightest bat is when it had its most success for me. So, like songs like "Another Weekend" and "Feels Like Heaven," um, it just. 
is too distracted for its own good. And I feel that any sort of momentum that it might have built is kind of lost in those cracks in between. And what will your score be? Give it a six. Fair enough. Grego. Eight. Claire. Five. Ooh, I'm going 7.5. I really like this record. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with the criticisms, though. But uh, yeah, two very interesting records uh, on the... On the fence. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's rare that I'm... I have a different opinion, but I agree with your opinions. (laughs) I'm just feeling good, guys. I'm just feeling good because this time next week... Oh yeah! Oh, what will we be doing, lads? We are it's going the big to be one. on stage in Wheelands. No encore live too. Bring your air horns. Don't bring your air horns. It's probably a bad idea. Hello. I heard that all of the tickets were almost gone. So if anyone's listening that hasn't bought their ticket Any yet, they should probably go <laughs> and buy them immediately. That's yes. right. No encore live too. Ticketmaster.ie. Type it in and buy a ticket. So, uh, what else could you listen to if you're just not taken with Ariel Pink or Rostam? Uh, Emily Haynes. Um, and and the soft skeleton, but that's just an affectation. It's basically your solo album, and it's called Choir of the Mind, and it's really, really good. Uh, it's kind of what you'd expect. It's a lot of stripped-back piano balladry, um, but, you know, she's got a great voice, so you don't mind it too much. And it's lyrically very strong, strong enough to justify just focusing her voice for most of the time. And the other thing is that it just it does dynamics really well because it sets... Such a kind of a low bar, so to speak, that really, really subtle changes can seem really yeah. dynamic as it goes along. Um, yeah, and there's a track in the middle of it called uh, Legend of the White Horse, which is just stunning. So, yeah, well worth a listen, that one. I've been listening to Sparks, new one, uh, Hippopotamus, and they're as good as ever after the kind of little team up with Franz Ferdinand. I think it's their first kind of proper Sparks record in about a decade, and yeah, they're excellent. Um, so what I new music wise the most lessons probably for me would be Mount Kimby Love That Survives I can't stop listening to it unbelievable album mm. but I do realise it's been out for a couple of weeks people <laughs> so if you need something a bit newer um, the Suzanne Sundfer oh she's awesome yeah so music that name. I know it's not I know McCaffrey I know um, the album is called Music for People in Trouble and if you're a busy person and you just want to listen to one song see if you want to go in for the whole album Mountaineers is a gorgeous duet on it with John Grant excellent she's so, fantastic I'm a huge fan of hers uh, I want to throw out a shout out for the revisit episode that we just put out 2004 in which we reviewed records from The Frames Kathy Davey The Redneck Manifesto Japen The Thrills in the company of myself, Kieran McGuinness, Zara Hederman, James Byrne, and Graham Hopkins, who was uh, played drums for pretty much everybody in this country. It's a very good listen. If you like the revisit, I think you'll really enjoy it. I also made a national playlist for friend of the show, Andrea Cleary, because she noted that she wasn't really into them, but she loves things that are autumnal. And I was like, oh, here's the band for you. So I went back through their back catalogue, and I put together a primer, and I called it National Anthems, because I'm fucking hilarious, Oh my lads. god, you are hilarious. Really funny. Uh, I'll put that out on my Twitter and the No Encore Twitter when this episode drops if you want to give it a go if you're a fan or a beginner check it out and it was fun to go back and listen to The National again and actually I watched their um, I didn't get to the gig but I watched their uh, La Blogothek uh, La Bogotech streamed yeah, performance yeah. from the Cork Opera House at the weekend and uh, it was very enjoyable they played 10 out of 12 tracks off Sleep Well Beast so I'm glad I liked that record yeah, <laughs> do you like the new I do yeah it's good I mean like it's not their greatest but it's definitely good they're back in form but I had to I, I enjoyed they had Justin Vernon there because he played the, the Cork Opera House the night before so like they're doing I forget what song it was um, but like he's on stage with them and like He's not really adding anything at one uh, well, at parts he was, but at one point like he's just they're they're doing a song and then he just like randomly just goes 
and like the crowd <laughs> and the crowd are like yeah because he's because it's Justin Vernon and he's there and I was like this is like and Matt Burns just like they're just doing their thing and then he's just like and I was like yeah okay fine I mean I guess it works even though it doesn't but you know it's cool you could do whatever you want Justin I'd say you have to be there but yeah okay look we're gonna go now and we're gonna get ready for our live show at the live show sorry I should be thanking everybody I'm really bad at that kind of thing Claire Beck thank you so much for coming in it's been a finally am I right thank you that was so much fun please don't leave another 365 plus days we will have you back for sure Craig and Colm I'll have you back too I think cheers bro great particularly for next week for the big live show that we're going to do it's going to be awesome at the live show as I say Dahi Overhead the Albatross and Elaine May will be performing with us why not catch up what Elaine May sounds like this is the title track off her recent DP an excellent piece of work this is the colour of the night my name is Dave Hanready this has been No Encore there will be no encore let's do it live
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.